And good morning, after many weeks. Can I have the first slide up? Um, when I was six years old, I had not yet seen the sea. Um, didn't have a TV yet, and being part of a migrant family, going to the seaside wasn't a priority. And so I did have, though, a very clear idea in my head, in my own head, of what the sea must be like. I remember it vividly for reasons that I'll mention. I drew it yesterday. Alison got me some pencil crayons. Would you like to see it? This is, and I remember it quite clearly what I thought the sea was like. Okay. So there must be this place where this huge vat of water uh, that you have to go up a very steep ladder to go and see. And there are all kinds of things in the sea, fishes and dolphins and whales. And I remember very clearly big red danger signs all around because it's a dangerous place to see. That's what I'd heard. And people would go up and look into the sea. And um, in that year, it was year one, so I remember it, we had to draw a picture of the sea. I drew another picture. And I uh, coloured the sea in. And, of course, water doesn't have a colour, so I usually coloured it yellow. And the teacher took it out to the front and held it up, and everybody laughed. And she said, what colour's the sea? And Pamela Johnson, who always knew everything, <laughs> I hated her, but I wasn't a Christian, right? Put her hands up and goes, Miss Blue. And I remember looking at her and thinking, that's crazy. And I literally saw in my head the kitchen tap at home, and water doesn't have a colour. So you can colour any colour, surely. So later that year, we actually went to Blackpool. And uh, it, I thought, this is great. We're going to see the sea for the first time. <laughs> you know, it's going to be amazing, isn't it? I wonder if I'll be able to climb up the ladder all on my own. And we got to Blackpool. It was night. We were on the prom, and you couldn't see anything. I remember saying to Daddy, Daddy, where's the sea? Where is it? Well, we were in Blackburn, so it's, where is it? Where is it? <laughs> and he said, over there, over there. And I said, where? I can't see it. And he said, it's very far away, very, and the tide was out. So didn't see the sea at all. Now, actually, but can you imagine, can you imagine my shock, my astonishment, my utter bewilderment when I finally saw the sea? It wasn't long after that. Bewilderment at this thing that goes on forever that broke all my, all my rules, exciting but frightening, uncontainable, unimaginable, unknowable, unending. It was off the scale for me, finding this sea that went on forever. And since then, I've always had a love of the sea. Maybe, maybe that's part of the reason. Earlier this year, Alison bought me this book, all about the science of tides and how water moves around the earth. It's, it's an amazing, uh, fascinating book. So just full of useless facts, but really interesting. All about how the moon and the sun and the gravitational forces. Do you know, for example, that the Gulf Stream, the Gulf Stream that comes to the Gulf of Mexico, that water goes around the whole world. Goes around the, it does a circuit up and down the Atlantic, across the Indian Ocean, across the Pacific. It takes a thousand years to do one circuit. That water text, a thousand, just mind-blowing. Um, and today, I, I do still love the sea. I love seeing it. I love hearing it. I love just watching it, whether it's stormy or whether it's quiet. 
watching the little waves coming in. I love being in it if it's warm. Uh, great, I, I do have a love for the sea, but none, nothing of what I love today about the sea could be true if my view of the sea had been correct. Nothing that I love today but being in the sea, hearing the sea, the science of the sea could be true if my idea when I was six was correct. So today's story is also set by a sea. It's an, it's an early encounter of Jesus in early in his ministry. He's performed some miracles. We've been talking about those over the last weeks. He's gained some attention. He's gained some following. But he hasn't yet gained any disciples. So here he is one day at the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Gennesaret. And the crowds are pushing in around Jesus. His teaching has become popular. And there on the shore are some fishermen washing their nets. So this scene, will, this, almost this exact scene, will repeat again in three years' time. On that day, once again, fishermen, Simon, Peter, James and John, go fishing. Once again, they fish all night. Once again, they catch nothing. And once again, in that case, a stranger on the shore will say, haven't you caught anything? Try over there. But this is the first time it happens, the calling of the disciples. And there's a guy there called Simon Peter, who Jesus has met, but he isn't a disciple. So to avoid the crush, there's so many people, Jesus gets into Simon's boat. It's about 20 to 30 feet long, and they push it out so that he can address the crowds. And I'm going to read it again, just to cement it in our, in our being, just to um, make sure those words are honed in our heart. This is the New Living Translation. So one day, as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. He noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, that's the same as Simon Peter, its owner, to push it out into the water. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out to where it's deeper and let your nets down to catch some fish. Master, Simon said, we've worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let down the nets again. This time, their nets were so full of fish they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. When Simon Peter realized what had happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. For he was awestruck by the number of fish they had caught, as were the others with him. His partners, James and John, the sons of Zebedee, were also amazed. Jesus replied to Simon, Don't be afraid. From now on, you'll be fishing for people. So he finishes his teaching and suddenly, without warning, he says to Simon Peter, go into deeper water. Ironic, isn't it, that a, re- a teacher of religion should ta- tell an experienced fisherman how to fish. And it's not even the right time to fish because Peter's been out all night fishing and they haven't caught a thing. So Peter understandably hesitates. He's uncertain because I'm the fisherman. I've been fishing all my life. You're the, the rabbi. 
And he thinks this is going to take effort because been, they've been cleaning the nets. And this guy is saying, throw your nets out again. But something about Jesus makes Simon Peter pay attention. He suspends his judgment. Because you say so, because you say so, I'm going to do it. He obeys Jesus' instruction even though it doesn't make sense. And the result is almost too successful, isn't it? They're experienced fishermen, but Jesus is not. But Jesus asks them to go beyond what they know and to trust him. Go beyond what you know and trust me, says Jesus to Peter. Go beyond what you think you know and trust me. Today, Jesus still calls us to step out of our comfort zones, to step out of what we know, to step out of our self-reliance, to step into deeper water. We can also hesitate, and that's okay. And sometimes it will take effort, but if we want to find new depths of God that we didn't know about before, our response should be, well, because you say so, I will. Because you say so. To trust, because you say so, to surrender our plans for him. But what does it mean for us then? What does it mean for us today? to step out into deeper water. What do you think of deeper water? What do you think of deeper water? Here's some deep water, right? Um, Before we were married, Alice and I went on holiday to Scotland. And this is a picture of Loch Mora, Loch Mora. It's the deepest loch in Scotland and one of the deepest uh, lakes in Europe. It's hundreds and hundreds of feet deep, okay? So we were quite young, and uh, we thought it'd be nice to hire a little rowing boat on this lake and go out on the lake. So we, this guy came out of a hut, um, strong accent, could, un, could just about understand him. I won't try and mimic it, but he said, basically, there's your boat, don't go over there, watch out for that, and he disappeared. There was nobody else, not a soul on this lake, right? And we went out, this great huge expanse of water and and we started imagining also the depth of water beneath us hundreds and hundreds of feet we hired the boat uh, for half a day it was vast it was lonely we didn't like it we got spooked so we'd hired it for half a day but after half an hour we took it back (laughs) he wasn't there we just left it and walked off it was a bit scary Deep water can be scary, can't it? It's something we warn people of. We warn our children about it, rightly so. We tell people, stay away from deep water. Many of us would rather paddle in the shallows than go into deeper water. But if that's what you think, like me, that's what I think, then we need to get hold of two things in this case, two things that make this different. First of all, If we always stay within what we know, God can never show us anything new. If we always hold on to our comfort blankets, this is what I know, this is what I do in my faith, then God can never do anything new with us. We went on holiday last year, again in a lovely place in the sea, and for the first time, um, first time when snorkeling, I was actually able to see something. This is not in me, but it's just a picture. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, what's amazing, if you've done that, this is the first time I saw anything like this, 
is if you just go below the surface of the water, it's another world. It's a completely different world. It's nothing like the world above it. We will always miss out on something better if we resolutely say to God, no, 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 I'm, this is what I know. This is what I will stick with. If we are willing to go into deeper water, God can do all, more than we can imagine. More, can, more than I could imagine with my idea of the sea. And then the second point, right? When Jesus said to Peter, go into deeper water, who was in the boat? I'm asking you, who was in the boat? Yeah, it wasn't, this, this is obvious, isn't it, right? This verse has been in our church for five years. It's one of our vision verses. Only last year, when reading it again, did it dawn on me. So he, Jesus wasn't saying to Peter, like the guy who said to me, you know, there's your boat, there's the deep water. <laughs> Jesus was in the boat. Jesus said, we will go into deeper water. We, I will accompany you. I'm not sending you on your own. He accompanies us. He walks with us, whatever happens. He asks us to step forward, and it might seem deep, but we are not alone. Jesus says, let's do it together. And then lastly, today, at times God does invite us in our lives to go into deeper water. What could that deeper water then mean for us? Let's just think about that. What could deeper water mean for us? What might God be inviting us to? What might God be inviting you to? What deeper water might lie before you today? Whatever it is, remember those two things. If we never step forward into deeper water, God cannot show us anything new, number one. And number two, he always goes with us. He never asks us to step into deep water alone. You see, I'm convinced that my childish view of the sea was extremely limited. It was wrong. There was so much more to discover. But I think it's like that, actually, with our understanding of Jesus. I think that often, in, that often with, with most of us, with all of us, this might seem outrageous, but I believe that I, our idea of God is as limited as my idea of the sea was. Our idea of God is as limited as, our, as my idea of the sea was. So limited. We like to have a contained view of Jesus, a controlled view of, of our faith. It's in a corner here, comes out on a Sunday morning and occasionally during the week, but let's keep it where it is because there's lots of other things to get on with. God is, God is often, we, we like to contain him, to control him, to restrict him, to create God in our own image, a little bit like us. A tamed God, a domesticated God, a tamed Jesus, a domesticated Jesus, a Jesus who we keep in one place in our life, which suits us because then we're in control, really. But the Jesus of the Bible isn't like that. The real Jesus of the Bible isn't like that. He is the Lion of Judah. We dare not clip his claws. The Bible says of Jesus so many things that break our, break our, our ideas, our limited views. The writer uh, to the Hebrews 
says that he was, he is the final revelation of God that in the past God spoke to our ancestors at many times in different ways. But in these last days, he's spoken by his son, Jesus, whom he made heir of all things and through whom he created the universe. Then he goes on. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. Jesus is the shining of God, the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustains all things through his powerful world. word. The universe is only sustained because Jesus' word sustains it. Paul to the Colossians says, he is the visible image of the invisible God. This Jesus, the image of God. And John in, his op- in the opening to his gospel explains, doesn't he, that through him all things were made, through Jesus, the word of God, all things, all the universe was made. Without Jesus, nothing was made that has been made. And Jesus says of himself, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the vine. And he is so much more than we can imagine. The universe is sustained because of Jesus. This is the Jesus who, beyond our imagination, breaks our models, breaks our ideas, will not be contained, will not be controlled, who invites us to come with him and discover more of him. Let go of those old comfort blankets that we have and discover more of him. I know that um, I have a long way to go in my understanding of who Jesus is. It's a lifelong journey. But I know as well that uh, although my idea of the sea as a child was laughable, there, there was so much more to discover in the same way. There is yet so much more to discover of God and to get out of this God in a box idea that a lot of us have. A contained and controlled God. That's not Jesus He invites us to let go our comfort blankets and to step into something new. So let's end by what exactly could the deeper water be? Let's be specific. If God is constantly calling us to experience more of him, to step into deeper water, exactly what could that be? Put out into deeper waters. So this verse has been in our church, as I said, since 2017. Simon, Jesus said to Simon Peter, put out into deeper water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon Peter said, Master, we've fished all night and we haven't caught a thing. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. But today I don't want to talk about its application to us as a church, but its application to us as individuals. What does it mean for us personally? We may also uh, hesitate. That's okay. God's okay with us hesitating. He's used to that. It may also take effort when God calls us. But at the end, because he says so. Because he says so. So first of all, three different um, ideas that I'll leave you with as to how God might be calling you into deeper water with him today. First of all, Many of you here and at home have known Jesus for many years, but it's so easy to get stuck where we are, isn't it? I know Jonathan has been asking two or three people recently, um, where are you in your journey with Jesus? Where are you in your journey with God? How have you progressed over the last one or two years? Can you honestly look back and say, I've moved on and I know God better today than a couple of years ago? It's a good question, isn't it? 
Are we stuck where we are? How is your walk with Jesus progressing? If it's not really progressing, then perhaps this is the time to step forward. Perhaps it's setting aside more time for prayer. Perhaps it's coming to the church prayer meetings. Perhaps it's setting aside more time for his word. Perhaps it's joining a small group and getting to, uh, to, into fellowship and deeper into his word. Perhaps it's volunteering for some service, stepping out and saying, okay, I'm going to try and do this, whether it's in this church or out of this church. But deep, a deeper relationship, to go deeper with Jesus, we need to invest time to cultivate that relationship. And as we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. As Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. He will reveal to us in new and profound ways. For others here, oh, for others here, it might be about baptism. So for me, a a big step into deeper water was my baptism as a young man. A big step. I'd been a Christian for two years and it changed me in all kinds of ways. I've written my story up and I know um, a lot of you have already read it, but there it is on my website, sevenminutes.net and Yogya isn't the only one who had a Hindu father. Um, But baptism is something that I know um, some of you are thinking about. There will be baptism services here in this church this autumn uh, for some younger people and some older folks. And Jonathan, I know, is running, it will run a series of introductory sessions on what is that about, what does that mean, uh, what is baptism. And I encourage you to think about that and, and come along if you haven't been baptized even if, you're, even if you don't eventually become baptized, come along to the sessions. There's no pressure to actually be baptized. Just come along. But don't think in, our, in your Christian life, where I am today, is all there is. That's what Peter thought. We haven't caught anything. That's what I thought. That's what the sea's like. Don't think that where you are today is all there is. And thirdly, for some people, perhaps stepping into deeper water is a first step of faith. Whether you're at home or here today, perhaps you've never actually really put your trust in Jesus. You may may never actually have prayed that God will enter your life and try to live that Christian life. You may have resisted giving him the keys. Discovering God needs a step where we say, okay, I'm not sure about this, but because you say so, because he says so, I'm going to try it. I don't think anyone is 100% sure when they become a Christian. I wasn't. But it was, okay, I'm not sure about this, hesitation, but because you say so, let me try this. Faith, as Martin Luther King said, is taking the first step even when you don't see the whole staircase. Taking the first step, even when you can't see the whole staircase. So while the band comes up, and perhaps just starts to play quietly, just going to put those three things up again. Stepping into deeper water, what could it mean for us today? What could it mean for us, whether we're here today or at home?
Could it mean, I know I need to work on this relationship with Jesus. And it's going to take some effort. But because he says so, do it. Or could it mean I'm going to consider baptism? I'm going to get serious about that. I'm not sure about it. But because he says so, I'm going to try it. Or could it mean I'm actually going to try and put my faith in this God who I've heard about this morning? And I don't really know him yet. But because he says so, I'm going to try that. There will be prayer after the service over at the side. So um, if we can help with that, with praying with you, please come forward for that. In the meantime, I'll end. Let's pray together. So when Jesus had finished speaking, he said to Simon Peter, go out into deeper water. Let down your net for a catch. Simon Peter said, Master, I fished all night and I haven't caught anything. But because you say so, I'll let down the nets. Lord, forgive us when we don't trust you, when we hold on to our comfort blankets, the things we know, the distractions that keep us away from you, when we lean into our own understanding and not our faith. Thank you, Lord, that you don't mind us hesitating. Thank you, Lord, that you invite us to go with you into new waters, into new places. But never alone, you always go with us. So today, Lord, help us to know that when we put our trust in you, amazing things happen. May they happen to us today, this week, this year. May they happen to us because you say so. Amen.